What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Batman News Weekly. This is actually episode 13 of season one. I am your host, Juice Wayne, and he is your host, Fanboy Clay. Clay, tell the people what is up. What's up, guys? You know, man, I finally, you know, you, you were like saying, let's bounce some things around. I am so hyped from playing freaking Apex because so just like how you were having problems, you got you got in my head. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm having problems, too. So let yeah. me go ahead, rework my system, my system, because I have, you know, the same thing that's connected to your computer. And yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me disconnect that. Work them sync. Dude, the freaking graphics all fixed and yeah. my aiming is just beautiful. It's way better, right? Okay, so I know everybody's like, what the hell are y'all talking about? So uh, any of you that listen to this podcast that also come to the streams, you'll notice that I'm pretty terrible at video games when it comes to streaming. But recently, I've been having a lot of issues with my streaming setup, and I was like, screw this, and I took it all apart, and I just... Uh, connect my ps4 to my monitor regularly like how normal people do it that don't stream and the quality improved like a bajillion times and like i started playing apex and i was awesome i was just like what there's no like mini minimal lag there was nothing and i was just destroying people and so clay does the same thing so uh i just got it into his head to actually kind of throw it off so everything's better the only thing that sucks is how am i gonna stream now like that's the <laughs> only thing that i'm like worried about but uh, anyways i don't want to bore the people with our apex talk uh, i feel like we could do another podcast on that we won't we have too many podcasts <laughs> but i will say that there is actually going into this podcast we were like dude what are we gonna talk about because nothing dude, there was there... no news no batman yeah. stuff only one batman book this week as far as comics yeah it was such a dead week. Yeah, we actually were even asking for questions on Twitter, and Twitter failed us. Yeah. Twitter freaking failed yeah, us did. on people asking questions about Batman. Uh, but luckily, we had some Batman news come out, and it's some very spicy meatballs. And uh, it is freaking Alfred and Penguin possibly have some actors coming into the fray, ladies and gentlemen. And it they're very interesting. So one, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin which is crazy, and Alfred might be played by freaking Andy Serkis, which is a very good friend to Matt Reeves. He's been in the Planet of the Eight movies. He's actually going to be directing Venom, which is a very interesting about this possible casting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very unique actors playing these parts. But, man, this movie right now, the cast is it's insane. Top-notch. And, for you know, the the whole Colin Farrell thing, you know, Mm -hmm. There is literally, and it's so dumb, there is literally a fight going on online whether villains are uh, don't need to be fat or they mm -hmm. don't need to be sexy. And it's just a really weird conversation that's going on with Colin Farrell right now. And I just like, yeah. I, I don't know what route Matt Reeves necessarily wants to take. Because, you know, yeah. there was rumors that Jonah Hill was actually in line to play Penguin, but... He didn't want to get the stereotypical fat guy role, so he wanted to play the pink. Uh, wanted to play Riddler, and mm -hmm. Matt Reeves said no, and that's why he had to get off of. You know, he was just not getting, you know, what he wanted as far as that role, yeah. so that's why he left that role. But you know, 
I think with Colin Farrell, you know, recently I saw him in an older movie. I think that that was released in 2012, 2013, uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Really good performance. I He's been in so many other films. Uh, he's, you know, actually pretty familiar with the superhero genre being Bullseye yeah. back in the day with Ben Affleck with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me try to forget yeah. that. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, what was the... Uh, what is the most recent thing you've seen Colin Farrell in? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, some sketches with Jimmy Fallon on YouTube? Like, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Like, I mean, I've seen Colin Farrell in stuff, and I know he's a phenomenal actor. Like, I think he's amazing. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, a billion times better than Jonah Hill. Like, I like that Jonah Hill would have fit the stereotypical Penguin style, which he which he didn't want to be typecast as, which is totally fine. I get that. Yeah. But Colin Farrell, just acting-wise, is so much better, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I think he can do, like, he plays villains very well. Oh, freaking uh, Fantastic Beasts, a movie I hate right now because it totally is delaying The Flash. Flash. Yeah. That is what I saw him in last. So, uh, yeah, so I think he's great. And as the Penguin, I think it would be awesome. Andy Serkis, though, as freaking Alfred is so interesting, but the more I look at it, I'm like, yeah, he could probably play Alfred pretty well. You know, it's so weird because, the, of course, the last thing I've ever seen Andy Serkis in person in was, of course, Black Panther. Black Panther, and yeah. then before that, he played uh, the same character in the Age of Ultron, uh, Avenger, mm-hmm. you know, the second Avengers movie. Um and just with his type of character in that movie, he was always just like this sweaty, old, you know, just like evil, stereotypical villain. I'm just like, I don't know if I could see Alfred. Like, I don't see this guy as Alfred, yeah. you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how he does it. Um, of course, we all know him as, of course, like you said, he was in the Planet of the Apes movies. He was freaking Gollum in Lord of the Rings. So yeah, he's class act. He's an amazing guy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does and what they're going to do with this movie. But Matt Reeves is going for, like, a solid movie. Like, So I think there's going to be some very serious scenes in this because all of these actors – Granted, I like I said, I'm still holding out on the Zoe Kravitz thing because I haven't seen her in a lot. But all these other actors have played, have been in some very intense movies and have had some very intense scenes. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where we're going with this, which leads into our next topic coming from Twitter, which is uh, one of the you know one of the scoopers out there. His name's Thomas Polito. Uh, dropped the vibe of what Matt Reeves' Batman might be like, and they're saying it's supposed to be a Sherlockian type of feel. I'm going to let Clay kind of explain this because I jumped off this show, and I'm talking about the ben- Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, because I jumped off the show at season three because they did some fan fiction stuff. I got really pissed, and I stopped watching that moment it happened. So I'm going <laughs> to let Clay take this yeah, part. Yeah, so from Thomas Polito himself, he says here, small the Batman update. I hear the movie is going to play out very much like Sherlock Holmes story with Catwoman as Batman's Irene Adler and Riddler as his Mari Artie. Reeves is also building a world similar to the animated shows and comics where all the villains are already out there. So, uh, of course, the most recent thing of Sherlock Holmes that we know of is, like Juice said, the uh, BBC show with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and then, of course, the 
Hollywood blockbuster of Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. And they both had Irene Adler and they both had Moriarty later on. Uh, Moriarty is that one guy that always just really puts uh, Sherlock Holmes to the test. Now, for most Batman fans, Batman's Moriarty would be Joker. But with yeah. this being a detective story, they didn't want to necessarily just throw you know, an insane Joker in there. They wanted somebody to really challenge Batman with his mind. And so Riddler would be that person. Um, Irene Adler, uh, you know, the famous introduction into Sherlock was when she like just ran into a room naked and completely like blindsided uh, Sherlock Holmes, which is really funny because Catwoman has done the exact same thing. Of course, we didn't get that as fans because DC cut those pages out. But, you know, they're online, though, if you want to see them. (laughs) (laughs) And and of course, like the the narration boxes cover everything up in those pictures. But yeah, I mean, the feeling of Sherlock Holmes is going to be so freaking awesome just because this just, you know, better. uh, What's the word confirms that we are getting a true detective story and I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for it. Yeah, and I'll be totally down. I mean, like I said, I actually loved Sherlock. I thought it was an amazing show. So if they are going to give that vibe, I think it would be awesome. Granted, I didn't continue after that fan fiction episode or beginning or whatever. Everybody tells me to, but I can't I can't get past it. And uh, anyways, but from what I had saw and what I had just remembered from the show, it, it was amazing. And if we are going to have a Batman that is being tested mentally and physically, I think that would be pretty awesome. Uh, I will say that it, with these castings, I still want to see who we're getting for Firefly and Two-Face if they're even going to be in this movie because we haven't heard anything about them. I mean, there are rumors out there. Granted, these are from a very shitty source that Matthew McConaughey might be Two-Face, but it comes from a very terrible source. I'm not even going to name them on here, yeah. but I'm just saying you might be seeing that around, but I would take that with a very, very smallest pinch of salt. And... um so, yeah, we'll see. I'm still holding out for Oscar Isaac. I mean, I really hope that Oscar Isaac comes out of that. Uh, although, um, I'm forgetting his name right now. He works for Variety, if I'm not mistaken. It's um, Justin Kroll, I believe his yeah. name. I could have the source wrong, uh, if who he works for is what I mean. He actually mentioned that he heard for Two-Face, or he, he said Harvey Dent, so it might not be Two-Face, but I would assume in this world it's supposed to be Batman animated series so it's supposed to be they're already created they're already bad they're villains or whatever so I would assume Two-Face as well uh that one of the Roy family from the movie Succession was up for the role but denied it or didn't want it so I guess it's up in the air now so I've never seen that show but yeah apparently somebody from the Roy family if you guys know what that show is if you've seen it uh, apparently one of them was up for the role of Two-Face, and they uh, turned it down. So we'll see what happens. We could be seeing the Two-Face role here in you know in the coming weeks. Maybe next week we'll be talking about it. But, uh, yeah, this movie's starting to pick up. I'm really interested to see when it's going to start filming because, uh, yeah, Zazie Beats is not Z- – oh, wrong one. That's the next thing we're going to talk about. But uh, Zoe Kravitz, sorry, <laughs> is supposed to start filming that Fantastic Beast movie – sometime early next year and that's when this movie is supposed to start up too unless they're just going to film her stuff later and she's going to film batman wb does own both of these if i'm not mistaken yeah so and it's going to be it's going to be really curious who they put 
like priority to. I mean, because yeah. recently, and and this could be a whole different discussion by itself, but I mean, the last Fantastic Beast, technically, when you want to look at numbers and everything, would be considered a flop. And so, yeah. do you want to push forward that story? And I know, you know, we just had that conversation at work that there was a planned five movie deal with that yeah. franchise. And, you know, Batman hasn't had a solo film in six years, seven years, almost, yeah, yeah, six years. So I don't know. I think it would be for, you know, of course for us, it would be awesome if they push Batman, you know, to to move forward before they do with Fantastic Beasts, but we will see. Yeah, so I actually think that, so the thing is, the difference here when it comes to Flash and, and, uh, you know, the Batman is Zoe Kravitz's character in Fantastic Beasts isn't a very big role. Like, it's pretty small. And, like, she... I don't even know if she'd be considered... Like, or is just everybody called supporting cast at that moment? Or is she just have a role in the movie? Because it's not very big in either one. So, she was, at some point, the love interest for the main character of Fantastic Beasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, then, yeah, I guess supporting role. But... Uh, yeah, she doesn't have a big role, so I feel like you can actually just, you know, they could do without her for a little bit, but Ezra Miller, somebody who would be starring, who stars in that movie and would be starring in The Flash, you can't really do that, because they need him there probably for most of the shooting, and um, yeah, that's probably what we're going to be happening there. I just really hope Flash doesn't go to its fifth director because of these stupid Fantastic Beast movies, um, but... Going on from that drama, or whatever, it's not even really drama, I just wanted to say that because I hate Fantastic Beasts, uh, we're going to go to one movie that is doing very great, and it's still doing great, and I still think it's amazing, and that is freaking Joker. So, we have some updated numbers. This is week, what, five? Five for Joker? This... Going to weekend six, maybe? Let's see here. Because all of October, four weeks October, first week November, we'll say fifth. Yeah. Uh, but it is currently at almost $940 million worldwide at the box office. That is insane. The It's suggested that this movie took anywhere from 50 to $75 million to make. So it is destroying in profit right now. And I just want to throw it out there because I know there's going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, but it didn't beat a freaking Endgame or whatever. It took one DC character to make a billion dollars. That's all I'm saying. No cameos, no nothing, no tying into everything. One movie, one character, one serious story, almost a billion freaking dollars. And uh, I'm really hoping it crosses the billion mark because that would be amazing because it would be the biggest, like, shut-up juice ever because at the same time, I always said I never needed this movie, but I'm so happy to be wrong because it was amazing I've listened to some Joaquin Phoenix interviews recently, him talking about this movie. And uh, yeah, just just him, hearing him talk about it was great. But uh, we're not going to just, we're not trying to smooth about the Joker as we can all the time, and we did for multiple podcasts. But, uh, and I don't know if you read this article, Clay, or if you just remember me talking about it or texting you about it. It was, uh, uh, I had seen it going around online. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily uh, read it. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, it confirms that one thing. Uh, but you yeah. brought up a good uh, question about it, uh, and you've said this before. So let's tell them what we're talking yeah, about yeah. first. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, – this article came out 
Uh, if you've seen the movie, if you haven't, sorry, this is going to be spoilers, but it's been five weeks. You should have seen it by now. But uh, in the th- there's this theory going around that Joker actually killed Zazie Beetz's character in the movie. I personally didn't agree with that, but it has been confirmed by Todd Phillips, the director of the Joker, that, you know, Arthur or the Joker in this movie actually didn't kill her because he only hurt people that hurt him, and she never hurt him. So that is what Todd Phillips has said. But uh, me and Clay have talked about this before. I have some pretty strong feelings about this. But I've talked about if you don't put something in a movie, if there is this piece of art that you make, if you don't put it, it, how do I, the best way to say this? Okay, so like a lot of people come out and say things after the movie's out. They're like, oh yeah, this meant this. Good example, a lot of the stuff that happened with Endgame. Yes, so Endgame, right? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, uh, so-and-so's this, or, you know, the time means this, and time and changes, and blah, 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 so-and-so lived, so-and-so died. Like, they, that wasn't in the movie, but they're just saying it for after the fact. And, and that's kind of what's happening here, where I think if you don't show it in a movie, it doesn't count. I think that's what I'm trying to get yeah. to. No matter what the director says afterwards, and I know some people will be like, oh, they're the director, they can change everything. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think anymore you can do that because that's what a lot of people say when it comes to George Lucas and the Star Wars films. George Lucas said so many things after the movies, and they're like, man, you don't even own these things anymore. It doesn't even count, blah, blah, blah. You can't do anything. But he is the creator of these things. Yeah. So And like, and he had very strict rules when it came to other people writing about Star yeah. Wars. So, you know, I think at if it's not in the source material that you're watching – it doesn't count. So although we never saw Zazie Beats die in this, so I think it is still up in the air if people want to believe it or not. That is up to you. But I just don't think, uh, even though he has confirmed it, I personally don't count these kind of things. And I don't know how you feel about this situation, Clay. I'm just well. I'm not when we when we had that conversation to begin with, you know, I said there's a big possibility that you know a freaking Arthur Fleck killed her. You know. Um, and it was yeah. more like, oh, man, I'm so worried for that character because of the state of mind he was in right then and there. Yeah. Um, the fact that he ca- uh, that Phillips came in, you know, five weeks later to say, oh, by the way, she's alive. Like we I'm not expecting a sequel, so I don't care. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Now, unfortunately, money speaks louder than anything so we might be getting a sequel that's what a lot of people are spec i hope that's not. what a that's I what a lot not. of people are hoping and speculating i hope not i really don't um yeah i hope that joaquin phoenix is able to kind of stick his ground and say hey i don't want to do this and i hope that the rest of the cast and crew saying hey no we're not gonna do this um because i know that when it comes to making movies, it's Warner Brothers that that really decides. So, yeah, we'll see. I, if anything, I I, I don't want a sequel to this because I actually like certain movies that don't get sequels. Inception, basically anything Nolan makes, yes. he doesn't do sequels. Besides the the Batman trilogy, but you know his standalone movies, um, I really enjoy those, and I feel like Joker is one of those. I wouldn't mind this creative team doing something else. I would totally be down for that. Even if they bring Joaquin Phoenix for another character and it's just like this weird, like in Arthur's mind kind of thing. Yeah. I'd be down for that, but you just can't touch Joker. Like you can't just re show him. Like, yeah. uh, I'd be interested in with that. Um, although I think some people might hate that, but 
if you're making like a trilogy with Walking Phoenix of just him imagining these other things, but he's still in the asylum, that might be interesting. But I don't think you can pull the same kind of thing. Yeah. So that's just I, I, I just think that Joker was lightning in a bottle. And yeah, and you just need to leave it alone. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, that is uh, basically all of the movie news we got going on here. Thank you so much to these news coming out because, again, we wouldn't know what we would have been talking about this first 20 minutes Jeez. or plus of this podcast. But we did ask for questions, and I'm going to, you know, Clay, you got this question from your co-host, Mark. And uh, it's a very interesting question that Clay's about to tell you guys about uh, the Batman that we, uh, we're we going to try to answer. Yeah, so, you know, I had a silly question, and then Juice was able to freaking answer it, like, right at work. He's like, oh, no, that's not a real question. It's because of this. But, uh, but we had a real question come in. My co-host at uh, the Comic Book Legion podcast he asked us if Batman were to get into a fight with someone fully prepared with prep time, who would he fight with and lose against? Like if he fought against somebody, who would it be that he would lose even with prep time? Yeah, because the biggest stigma with Batman uh, is everybody says if he has prep time, he can beat anybody in the world. Yeah granted i would argue against that i would say you haven't read enough batman because this dude has done some crazy shit in split second decisions yeah. where he doesn't need prep time his whole 20 plus years of life or whatever is the prep if time. you would if but, you want to get a good vision of that go read batman hush yes perfectly perfect example still one of the greatest stories of all time in my opinion but yes there there are plenty freaking stories like that with no prep time if you want to go back through tom king's run you can go through some of that too there are instances where he doesn't have prep time and he just has to work through these kind of things but uh yeah but this this is the question so if he had all the time in the world or whatever he needed to do who would be the villain or person that could beat batman with prep time now do you have an actual answer i don't i i spent so (laughs) here here's the thing I legitimately listened to three different Batman podcasts today to try mm-hmm. to prep for this podcast and this question. Um, there's a podcast out there that kind of just talks the what ifs about Batman and then the random issues. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get ideas of like some villains that maybe I hadn't really heard of in a while, you know? Um, yeah. And. I genuinely can't think of anything. Your answer at work was golden, and I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. um, but and and let's we're just gonna say the obvious, and we decided that this couldn't be an answer because it's yeah. way too obvious. Uh, number one being the Joker, and then number yeah. two recently is the Batman who laughs. Batman who laughs is basically the Batman and Joker combined, and even in current comic books, uh, like just last week, Batman Who yeah. Laughs proves that no matter what, he has always been six to ten steps ahead of Batman. And yeah. it, to the point it, it's, where it's yeah, annoying. It, it, that I was literally about to say that it gets really yeah. annoying because you know, you know, as Batman fans, you know, when somebody tries to be like, "Oh, Batman can't win because of this," you're like, "Oh, well, he's ten steps ahead." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you're, we're literally getting that thrown back at us with the Batman who laughs, and it's just like, "God, this is so frustrating and annoying." 
<laughs> yeah, so now I know how people that are not Batman fans <laughs> feel. But I will say that I wouldn't mind it if there wasn't so much freaking Batman who laughs right yeah. now. Like, there's just so much. Because he outsmarted all of them in metal, and then it ended with this awesome Joker and Batman fighting freaking the Batman who laughs. And then he got a badrillion series after that, and I'm just tired of reading about him being so awesome. Yeah. And I granted, again, that is how people probably feel about Batman, and I totally get that. But uh, it's just it's just annoying so much because it just never feels like Batman even has a chance. Where it, in a good story, you give the people a little sliver of you know hope, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then of course uh, we've we've always said Joker is basically Batman's equal. So we we want we didn't want to make this easy. We wanted to actually try to challenge ourselves. But even we we were thinking about it all day at work, and we couldn't really come up with anything. I even asked Clay. Clay's favorite character is Superman. I was like, dude, does Superman even have somebody like that? And I was like, because it's I I personally don't think it would be Lex. He says it's more like Brainiac it, that just constantly counters. Yeah, it everything. would be Brainiac, and then even recently, um, you know, there has been several other times after his death that he's fought Doomsday. And because mm-hmm. he that first encounter, you know, he's been able to one up Doomsday like every single time after. And so yeah. I, you know, the one thing that actually killed him can't even be that equal to like how Batman is with Joker. Uh, yeah. And so I would have to choose on the Superman sign. It would be Brainiac for sure. Um, yeah. But with batman it's just so difficult to think of that person yeah because he's he's been written so well to just outthink everything it's one of the reasons why he's one of the leaders of the justice league is because he is the smartest person and even smarter than lex Luthor, according to freaking deceased (laughs) uh batman is the smartest person on earth basically so you know and he's a master tactician he's just he this is all he does he lives and breathes just like war pretty much because he wants to beat everybody so my thing since clay doesn't have an answer and a lot of people and i even i flat out told this to clay i was like dude my answer is going to be a cop-out and people are going to be like that's bullshit (laughs) oh that's so stupid uh my answer is catwoman and i know a lot of people like what she's not even a freaking villain they're totally banging right now you know it's whatever i know that she's a good guy now she is freaking on Batman's side, and they're going to get married. Or I would still Tom consider her an anti-hero. Yeah, because she still steals. Oh, yeah. Batman always takes it back from her, but she still steals. She stole her fucking wedding dress. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what people forget about. But I feel like Alfred or Batman was like, look, I know she stole that. Go pay that fucking place. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, it's just... The, the the reason why I told Clay that this is my choice or would be my choice is because Batman's never really, and maybe I just haven't read it, but Batman's never beat the shit out of Catwoman. And granted, that's very bad optics, but he's punched Harley Quinn. Like, oh, he's, he's punched like a he's lot of females. He's beaten the crap out of Poison Ivy. He's beaten the crap out of yeah. Harley. He's beaten the crap out of freaking uh, shit. Uh, uh, what's the one uh, the, the the dragon chick from the animated series it's like the first episode in the animated oh, series oh yeah yeah like she's like Bane size and he like beats the shit out of her yeah. too so like he has and there's even a quote somewhere and I forget what book it is but Batman says he's like an equal opportunist like justice person oh, no, no, basically so, saying he'll beat men and women so that is from there's a really funny clip from Batman Brave and the Bold 
okay. where uh like yeah. this transgender villain is mm-hmm. uh is like fighting him and uh she is like you wouldn't hit a woman and then batman's like justice is unisex boom yeah. <laughs> and like just like punches her <laughs> yeah like you know what he is just equality batman preaches it um but uh, again i've never read something where he's beaten the shit out of catwoman the way it always works with them yes he's caught her yes he's taken her to arkham or you know blackgate or whatever she needs to go to but a majority of the time he's grabbing her by like the wrist oh the and, and, and he's all there like, there are part like there's been comics and even in in the animated where they've like you know catwoman has punched him scratched him she, yeah. he has like kicked like swept her legs and like done minimal mm-hmm. damage to her like don't get me wrong it's not yeah. like he's like oh i i just can't fight you like he actually yeah. tries he throws his batarangs ties you know ties her ankles together and like captures her all the time it's not like he is completely yeah. just dumbfounded when she gets into the room but yeah, for sure. But definitely, you know, he has not. In- yeah, he he goes light yeah. on her. Like I'm pretty sure he's beaten the kids harder than he's beaten Catwoman. <laughs> like that's how I feel when it comes to Batman and Catwoman. And it's always because she's played him like a fiddle, which makes it very interesting. If that if the movie is going to be very Sherlockian in the way Catwoman can play Batman, because it's true to the comic books. And she's outsmarted him with her sexuality. It's why I always tell people that get mad, like, oh, characters are too over-sexualized in comics. Not when they're used like Catwoman. Like, she uses it to her advantage, and she beats the smartest guy on Earth with her fucking her assets, you know? And so I think if it were ever an instance where Catwoman wanted to be bad or wanted to fight Batman, she would be the one person with prep time that Batman would still lose to because he has such like this just love for her or whatever it is, lust, whatever you want to call it, that he's never beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying that. But it's just it I never seen that. I'm and I'm pretty sure some people, if you've seen this in a comic book or whatever, let me know what comic is. I haven't seen it in any of the mainstream titles or anything like that. But uh I think Catwoman would be somebody that could outsmart Batman. Um, in in that way. And uh, again, I, I honestly feel like it's a cop-out answer too, but this man is so OP when it comes to prep time that it's like, what am I supposed to say? And we knocked out the two like very logical answers with this just because we thought it would be cheating. So uh, I would have to go Batman or Alfred if he ever went bad is something I mentioned too. But yeah, that's it for that one. So uh, sorry, Mark, if you're listening to this and you wanted a better answer, but... Uh, you know what? When you do the podcast with Mark, you ask him. You know what? I, I ask will. him what his I, person uh, would be. I couldn't record with him this morning, uh, so I am going to record with him tomorrow morning. Uh, so I'll ask him. I'll I'll see what he yeah. thought, and then I'll give him the answer that you got. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I I went to Deathstroke. I will say I thought about Deathstroke, but Batman just had a whole series with Deathstroke where they fought. And they're pretty equal. Yeah. Like, and you know what? He, even with prep time there, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But he's, Deathstroke's kind of stupid in that in that comic series. So I was like, ah, Batman could, I think, could outsmart him pretty well. Uh, but now, talking about comics and the Batman, we're going to finally go to the comics of this week, which was not much. We are scratching at one of them to get some content. And then we only have Batman 82. Yeah. 
So we're going to go over to Justice League. What is this, 35? Justice League Justice 35. League 35. Yeah. yeah, so uh, if you're not reading Justice League, there's this whole thing going on with Doom. And basically, the Justice League is fucked right now. Like, they're trying to figure out what's going on. This is basically trying to read, like, the Batman Who Laughs right now. Yep. Because you're just like, how are these guys going to win? Uh, and we're not going to – if you want to read this comic, again, go out to your local comic shop. Go buy this issue. Buy it digitally. Um, because it is a good series. It is written by Scott Snyder and James Tinian, who will be the future Batman writer. Um, so definitely go check this out. But the main thing we want to talk about that's going on in this series is uh, Perpetua, who is the main villain going on right now. She's basically got full power. She is, uh, would you just say, the creator of the universe? Yeah, it's really weird, you know, as you know, somebody who might be spiritual or religious or whatever – or even in the realm of, like, I love the good guys in comics, you would think that the creator of the universe would be a good person. Actually, yeah. it's a very bad person. And the other mm-hmm. reason why she created multiple universes was the fact that she wanted to create a dark, evil army to fight against the three people who created her. And yeah. so we have been going through this since the beginning of Snyder's run on justice league. And in here, she finally, she isn't even at full power with this. She's actually just has a small sliver of power. Yeah. And what she is able to do with that small sliver of power is insane. So, yeah, you know, this whole thing again with the war against doom, uh, it's actually like weighting the sides of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, me and you, you know, if we were yep. to decide, oh, we want to side with Doom, our just like aura or whatever, like Perpetua would be able to feel that. And so she can literally, it's like a freaking weight, you know, the, the justice yeah. weight or whatever. And so uh, mm-hmm. they find out that, the universe wants to side with doom there's a huge doom symbol that goes to basically every part of the multiverse every planet every earth whatever and we see small glimpses of the dc universe which i think is really cool um yeah this was awesome. we see that huge two-page uh splash with batwoman arrow uh green arrow the shazam family shazam. uh freaking uh catman uh and uh the justice league dark you know i would love Mm -hmm. that as a poster and then a person we haven't seen in quite some time barbados just randomly in there um yeah for the dark multiverse in the dark multiverse all chained up uh but the really big thing that we wanted to talk about because it is technically batman related is earth 19 gotham Earth-19 Gotham is actually the Earth of Gotham by Gaslight Universe. Which is one of my favorite books yeah. of Elseworlds. Like, it's amazing. I love the look. And just seeing this in here, I was I was just like, what? Uh, the reason why this was so important, or the reason why uh, they were brought back, is in this whole instance of Perpetua having everybody turn to Doom, this was the one world that didn't. And she was just like, what the hell's going on with this world? And so she went to look into it. And, you know, we get to see freaking old school Gaslight, like Batman and Gordon. And everybody's dressed in, uh, what, 1920s, you'd yeah. say? Clothing, yeah. kind of. Or maybe 1800s. I'm not too sure when this actually takes place, what year. Um, but I would say early 20s. 
And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, she's there, and Batman's trying to call the other worlds. Like, he has a device to call the other worlds. And some of the people are freaking out, like, what's going on here? What the hell is this? And, uh, basically, she is here to destroy this world because it didn't side with Doom. And, yeah, I don't even really know how to say anything else besides... She she does it. it. She gets her giant staff. Like just like slams it against the freaking city because at this point she is the size, like of a yeah. planet. She she's like a Godzilla, yeah. and she just slams it to the ground. And in you know some attempt to save people, Batman attempts to save this child, but they are yeah. completely wiped from existence. Yeah. So the and it goes to like this one room where it's her and the Anti Monitor, and uh, you just see this little world exploding. Yeah. Like it's it was nuts and it it kind of blew my mind. I was just like, oh shit, because I always love when the DC tries to connect every universe, and I think it's really awesome. And she just flat out says, she's like, now there's only fifty two or fifty one Earths yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she says, like, uh, she says right here uh, at the very well, like right when she does that, um, at the dawn of time, there was you know fifty two Earths. And now there is only 51. And, you know, I will say this feeling legitimately, I think, you know, was the what the beginning of Christ's on Infinite Earths way back in the 80s. Like, because when that first started, a random Earth there got destroyed. So Snyder Mm -hmm. is really, you know, pulling that as I feel like as inspiration. And this is our crisis dude like we've had in our lifetime we've had uh identity crisis uh final final crisis uh in heroes i don't know if people ever yeah yeah. well in line it was identity crisis infinite crisis uh final crisis and then of course uh the uh, i guess you can call convergence a crisis but it didn't it didn't have like the crisis name so, yeah, th- I believe this, though, this will be our crisis. And I think that's really what do you think cool. it's going to be called ultimate crisis. I think that it will have like, I don't know what because I feel like like Snyder is leaving Justice League in January, but I mm-hmm. don't think he's leaving DC altogether. So I still think he's going to be at the helm of this. So whatever kind of okay. crisis it is, he's going to be naming it uh yeah so it, it'll be interesting it um although i do want to ask you if you remember this do you remember in metal that one panel where all of the like uh batman and people showed up they were jumping out of a panel like all the different versions of yeah. Batman. uh didn't that say earth 53 yes so there was a story uh it was actually called uh dark knight's metal uh the wild hunt or whatever it was a add-on uh and it talked about this 53rd earth Uh um so i don't know if snyder just like forgot about that story yeah but uh (laughs) yeah or i don't know if it got destroyed in that one story so Mm, yeah i don't remember but uh yeah i always thought that was interesting because you know this is grant morrison's brainchild the 52 earths Um, which I was always a fan of. Like, I know a lot of people, I know you don't like it when they show the map, right? I, I, for me, I don't like 
when they show the map or when they talk about the map because mm. like for me it's like okay like there is no uh, there's no other precedent for the map other than like just seeing circles with numbers on it like yeah they don't they couldn't name you know i know it would take a long time to name 52 earths or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean when I just see it, I just kind of get annoyed. I'm just like, I don't know what any of this means. You have to show me the characters in these, like, because I can't remember them all. Yeah. I, I like, yeah. I can't remember. Oh, Earth 19 is Gotham by Gaslight. You know, for sure. Earth. I know that Earth three is uh, the crime syndicate. You know, that's just yeah. And I know one of the Earths is the um, what is it? The Soviet Union one, yeah. which is the Red Sun. Yeah, like. So, yeah, I definitely – I could not tell you which all the Earths. I know one of them's Prime for sure, and I heard a rumor that anybody that – if the character dies on Prime, they die in all, all the universes. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I'm that not entirely sure uh, because I always thought that this Earth was the Prime Earth. Yeah. I so – Like, it's weird because the map has, like, one Earth right in the middle. Yeah. It says Prime Earth, and then there's Earth 1 and 2, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of the map. I will say I did really enjoy it in Metal when she flipped over the map. And, like, I was I was like, I thought that was kind of cool in my opinion. Oh, no, no, no. Because she's like, there's another Oh, map. yeah, no, no. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was because, I mean, at this time, you know, Snyder being a big horror junkie and everything else, you know, I'm sure somewhat inspiration from that of Stranger Things, the Upside Down. Well, oh, for sure, one. You know, there would be an upside down multiverse. That being the dark multiverse. What I don't like yeah. is Bendis teasing that there might be an above. Oh, yeah, yeah. We try not to mention that yeah. here. Let's yeah, not do exactly. That. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So we just wanted to bring that up because if you are fans of you know got you know Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, it exploded and died and doesn't exist anymore. So I yeah, and I um, will say, you know, any time like this with you know Christ on Infinite Earths, you know this crisis that's coming up, no Earth is safe. So if there's some characters that yeah. you like, they might be dead by the end of this crisis. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't know. I I really hope that they don't combine everything into one Earth again because I think that'd be kind of dumb, um, you know. And I I like the uniqueness of like, oh yeah, these stories belong over here on this Earth and blah blah. Like you said, they I don't even think they've named all fifty two Earths. So if you wanted to do a continuity thing instead of making a crazy ass timeline, just put them on different Earths. You don't have to worry about the timeline. So um yeah, so there's that uh that freaking awesome world does not exist anymore in comics, ladies and gentlemen. But we are gonna go over to something that does exist right now, and that is Batman 82, a story that it's it's been happening a lot lately. Me and Clay didn't agree on. I, I wait, So you just had issues with it, or you just didn't like the whole, the so, whole thing? So, like, I just feel, I feel like with my issues with it made me not like the book. Now, okay. of course, I need to see the ending of this story to... And of course, you know, like I've told many people, and I'm pretty sure I've said it here on the podcast, I started reading Batman at issue 50 with this Mm -hmm. run. And then I went back and read 1 through 50, 
and then you know as i was continuing my reading from 50 so when this ends i will read the entire story again you know that's just something that i like to do so with this you know right now with as crazy as it was you know one thing that i kept on telling you was i feel like uh mikhail janin's art really was rushed in here there's some things that i feel like Mm -hmm. he could have really touched up and made really good but i feel like they were probably just like and just you know do that this that you know whatever and just to turn it in uh it could have been really well polished uh there was just I don't like because for me, I want to say, oh, well, you know, King always, you know, makes fun of himself for like, oh, the best type of writing in comics. And he has like one word descriptions of the entire panel. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can't imagine that happening here. But because he's joked around about it so much, I'm just like, oh, man, how like how did he describe this? And why does it look like this? You know, so. Uh, Juice, why don't you go ahead and tell them what happens in this book, and then we'll discuss it after. Okay, so uh, one thing we do have, we have good art, finally, again. Uh, the last two issues we had were done by uh, Ramita Jr., who we've discussed. We are not a fan of his art anymore. I mean, I enjoyed him back in the day, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just didn't think it fit for this Batman run. So, uh, at the end of 81, we know that Batman was going to finally meet up with Bane, and... Thomas Wayne, a.k.a. Flashpoint Batman, had just kicked the ass of all of the Bat family. So he wanted to go find Batman. So that's kind of what's happening in this issue. He's on his way to go find Bruce, who is actually fighting Bane. And this whole issue is just a fight. Like, a majority of this whole issue is Batman fighting Bane along with Catwoman and Thomas Wayne trying to get to where Batman is so he can go do whatever he's going to do. And so that that's what's happening. Like you see that, you know, Batman shows up, Bane's there, and Bane is like no masks. So they basically just uh I don't know why this is always a thing in fights, but people just let's get naked and fight. Like it's like a primal thing, I guess. And I know Tom King has made uh like a suggestion that that's why Bane's always naked. It's just like primal Bane. And um so they're fighting without like their masks and their shirts or whatever. And Bruce is he's tricking Bane here. And he's actually saying, like, all right, we're going to do all this stuff so he doesn't use Venom, and we're just going to trade up fight. Although he has, like, some Batarangs taped to his back, and he even says Catwoman's not going to get involved. That goes out the window right away. And they just, they Catwoman and Batman start cheating to try to fucking beat Bane's ass. And, um, you know, it kind of works for a little bit. And, uh, again, in between these panels, we're seeing Thomas Wayne just going over the bodies of all of the freaking Bat family. And uh, he's getting in one of the Batmobiles, which I thought was a really cool shot because I've loved that. I love when people always show multiple Batmobiles and it kind of just brings the continuity together. Like everybody makes their own Batmobile and Batman just has like a bunch of them because the cave is like apparently miles and miles and miles long. So it's it's infinite, basically. So he has all the storage that he needs. Uh, But anyway, so... As Batman and Bane are fighting, Bane's like, oh, you're cheating or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, Batman's all like, I lied. I didn't give a damn. And they're fighting. And I enjoyed this art. I know you said you didn't like Catwoman's shine. Um, And I don't know if you, like, noticed that it was, like, early morning and there's windows and that's why it's shiny. 
um, because of like the latex and stuff is just it's supposed to be like light reflecting yeah, off of that I, kind of material. Like I understand what it was, but it just like yeah. it looks like she was on the verge of Super Saiyan like the entire time. Yeah, which the way she's fighting in it could be very possible. <laughs> but uh, then we have this. What is this? Is this sixteen panels? Twelve panels? Uh, Fifth. There's thirteen panels yeah. on this one page, right? Yeah. So there's this uh, uh element of like Catwoman and Batman fighting. And this is the one thing I said I didn't like at while I was reading it. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And it's Catwoman basically saying what Batman was telling her because he was basically going on. And she was like, I'll just read some of this. Cat Bane doesn't use Gotham Girls Super Serum because it'll overload his system. If I can inject it into him directly with the battering, we could take him down. Uh, but it won't. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping panels here. Uh, but it won't work because he is. Mo- uh, he would modulate his body with his pump. He's so strong. How can we unhook him? It's impossible. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so blah, blah, blah. He's so smart. And I was just like, Batman wouldn't say this. Like, I was just getting really annoyed with the dialogue here until the final panel says, because Catwoman says he's so smart. He's too smart to fall for that. She's quoting Batman here. And he says, hey, I never said he was smart. And that comment saved this whole page for me because I was hating the dialogue. But then I realized, oh, this is like a condescending wife making fun of the quote or making fun of something her husband said. Like, oh, you say me, 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 Something that I hear That's every day. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not married. <laughs> Clay has to, he speaks from experience. So that's that's what saved this panel for me because I was not liking it, but I was like, okay, it is a wife nagging her husband with the stuff he says. Bruce is like, I never said that. And so you can just assume that she's just being very dramatic about it. So I was fine with that. And then, like I said, there's that panel that we see of all the Batmobiles. And, you know, the, the cool thing about this is we get this panel where Bruce is like, the Venom will kill you. I can save you. Are we done? And if you've been reading this run for a whole long time and you read even the first part of this run where it's I Am Bane, you know that there was this great freaking series, which people say is probably Tom King's best, says that Tom it's Tom King's best lines. It's where Batman has just been, just had the shit kicked out of him. And he's like getting up off the ground. He's like, you know how many times I've heard that? That you're going to die today, Bat. You know, you're done. Like, it's over. He was like, I hear that every damn day. And I'm still here. Well, basically, Bane goes through that whole situation right here with Batman and Catwoman, and he says, I'm still here. And I thought that was awesome because I thought it was a great callback. He has this battering stuck in his freaking face when he's saying this. I think it's awesome. And then he just goes freaking, he goes Super Saiyan, and he grabs Batman by the neck, throws him against the wall. Catwoman's trying to hold him back. Bane swings her, like just with his momentum, swings her. Uh, She's got her whip around his neck. And then uh, they're fighting. We get some scenes of freaking Batman and, or I should say, Flashpoint Batman and his Alfred, which is actually um, Ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. And they're on their way to go meet Batman. And Bane just starts freaking like tossing Catwoman around. He's, uh, you know, saying he's like saying things like "You have something special for me," blah blah blah. And Catwoman goes on this little rant of saying like. You know what? You and him are just totally wrong. Like, this isn't your city. It's not his city. It's my city. And she starts, like, clawing the hell out of Bane. I love these panels, personally. 
Um, I always love when Catwoman goes crazy. She has this one maniacal panel where she's just grinning. That's the only one I don't like. like. Everything else. Oh, really? Everything else with with that entire interaction with like her jumping forward, her actually like stabbing his eye, scratching his face. So the one, two, three, the three panels, the four panels before that, like, here's Johnny smile. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the only one I don't like. Yeah, I could see why people don't like it. I just liked, I love when she's fierce and stuff. Uh, and then that leads to her getting, like, kick-tossed and smashing into a Her wall. dying. <laughs> this, yeah, so we're going to get into, like, this whole thing with what Clay says about this. So she gets thrown into a wall, and you hear, like, crack. It says, you know, that's the kind of sound effect. And then Bane's getting up. Batman tackles him, and Batman starts beating the shit out of him. And he's all like, you know what? Basically, he's like, this is over, and I'm simply going to break your back. And he has him in the classic Bane Batman pose where he's about to snap his freaking back. And it leads to bang, bang. Batman gets shot in the abdomen, stomach area from the back twice. And then you see he's like, father, he's like falling down. You see Flashpoint Batman there with a smoking gun, says son. And then you have Bane, who's just there on the ground bleeding. And you hear a bang, and it ends on this panel of just Thomas Wayne with bodies all around. And he says, ventriloquist, yes, Batman. He says, we've come to the end, fetch the pirate. And the next, the next issue is called A Tragic Discovery. So before we get to our theories on The Tragic Discovery, Clay's going to tell you what he didn't like about this issue. And we're going to kind of, I actually think it's, a, it's an interesting talking point, and we're going to discuss that as well. Because I had no issue with this, but then again, people could say I'm biased because I do enjoy Tom King. But we're going to let Clay talk about why he didn't like this issue. Okay, so if anybody's actually like purchasing these books and following along while we talk, you know, we see this whole thing with Catwoman just messing up Bane. And like I said, I liked everything except for that creepy smile. And then Bane tosses her, like tumbles down, tosses her with her with his feet, and it says crack. Her eyes are rolling in the back of her head. She has blood spewing from her mouth. And, you know, we do the whole thing with Bruce trying to break Bane's back, the gunshots. And for one, the last bang is the bullet going through Bane's head. And the very next panel, we see Selena Kyle next to the wall where she fell, blood dripping down from the wall. We see all this blood from bruce and his gun wounds and uh the the bullet wounds and then we see of course bane with the hole in his head so yeah when i saw this panel i'm like oh everybody's dead cool and of course this sparked a little bit of a uh conversation at work you know oh well you know people get shot all the time in comics and for me somebody who doesn't necessarily read a whole lot of comics where people get shot to be honest you know i think yeah bullets bounce off his character i mean like like (laughs) honestly honestly now the only i will say the only people that get shot in comics that i have read is batman and the bullets that he has been shot with either go all the green arrow's never been shot because weren't you reading yeah i i think he's been shot at i don't think he ever got shot Oh, I thought he almost died in his rebirth. I remember him like falling into the water, like super almost dead. 
I don't know. That's a whole well, other series. The, we can that, talk about it later. That was with arrows. Like, oh, okay. and, you know, because of, like, the disbelief of that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, arrows only go so far in, blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. But with guns, you know, and I don't want to go into the whole, like, political topic of guns or whatever, but, you know, for me, when I see somebody get shot with a gun, I'm like, oh, shit. And to reduce that to, oh, it's fine. He's got, he got shot. He'll get up next panel or he'll, he'll, he'll be up and and ready to go next issue. Like I feel, and I hate, like this is going to trigger some people. I feel almost as if there's no consequence to that, you know, almost. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I feel like that diminishes the power of a gun in a comic. And I understand the whole, like I said, comic book logic, the stretch of disbelief, whatever. But just seeing how everybody's laid out in this panel, I'm just like, yeah, everybody's dead. Skeets is going to come in next issue. They're going to rewind time. This is going to also tell how, you know, the Flashpoint Batman got into this time or in this world even because technically, well, no, 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 it's not a different world. It's just a different time. And so... You know, that's my idea. And then you're like, oh, no, everybody's fine. You know, the, you know, Catwoman just, you know, went to yeah. the chiropractor and got her back snapped. And, you know, Batman's just going to dig those bullets out later. And the only one that you yeah. said was questionable was Bane. Yeah. Yeah. So I will. So I will point out one thing we did. We had this conversation. And see, this is why I eventually <laughs> want us to get to an actual like video podcast. Uh-huh where we talk about this stuff in person because I think we would be way more oh, animated yeah. because at my job, I'm like, dude, like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how I get at my job. Like, I'm like, bro, like I get very animated when it comes to and, talking and about these. I, heated I debates. will say like with this conversation, when we had at work, it basically became a conversation of juice defending Batman and me defending Superman yeah. super quick. Juice yeah. was super quick to be like, oh, well, doesn't yeah. Superman get hit by kryptonite? <laughs> yeah, because like it's it, it, it is it's like a fair point. You know what I mean? It's like when your character never goes through anything like it's you know, it's very hard to like just think of other stuff. Like, come on, you have to kill him in different ways. But it was just funny. Like it's it's a very nerd conversation. You always go after the favorite character. And be like, oh, It's just what you do. So we, we definitely went there. But uh, one thing that Clay did question this, and I actually pointed it out because I've looked into this kind of stuff. But Clay, you said like you pretty much think headshots are usually death kills, right? Yeah. You were very surprised that people would like you wanted to see the statistics on it. And I don't know the statistics personally, but I do know that head co- headshots are pretty common and people do live through them. It's one of the things where, and I mentioned this, and I'm not condoning any of this, uh, by the way, but a lot of people commit suicide by putting the gun under their jaw and shooting straight upwards thinking that's going to kill them. But it doesn't. Like, you're actually, you know, the gunshot pulls your neck back whatever it goes the wrong way you get a headshot but you don't die it doesn't go through your brain most of the times or sometimes you become a vegetable and it's just like it's very different don't if you have issues ladies and gentlemen please get help but i'm just saying like i'm making that as an assistant there's a lot of headshots where people don't die i told clay about a story here in san antonio at an old movie place we used to have that i believe it got robbed one day and somebody got shot in the head and they actually lived 
Uh, it just it all depends on placement and all that kind of stuff. So when I was reading this, granted, I did think it was shocking that Bane got shot in the head. But I'm just like, eh, it's just if, to me, unfortunately, I'm desensitized to this kind of stuff because not only in comics, it's happening in the real world all the time. Yeah. And um, so I didn't think anything of it. Um, I did think that panel was kind of crazy. And if you are just a new reader, maybe picking this up for the first time, you could be like, oh, crap, like they all died. But I've been following this run for a really long time. And I, I knew that I was like, oh, there's three more issues and they're totally not dead. But I totally think that, you know, Clay's thing about consequences is an interesting conversation because I did make a comment on Tom King's uh, Instagram the other day where he showed a panel of Superman killing Batman, basically. Which happened, I believe, and, uh, like around issue 40-something. or yeah. 42. Yeah, it was the Ivy run. And uh, it happens very nonchalantly, and Superman... He Tom King answers the question if Superman would technically be able to beat Batman. He does it in one punch, like yeah. everybody says. Poison Ivy took control he kills Batman. of every hero, or technically every yeah. human, except for yeah, uh, Catwoman and and Bruce. Well, she did start yeah. to, but he got he had the antidotes. Yeah. So the only reasons why they're able to survive. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so there's this whole thing. Superman kills Batman, and I made a comment. I was like, I love this. I thought it was hilarious that like, he just straight up killed Batman. And somebody made the same comment as Clay did, where he's like, it's as if he writes like there's no consequences. And uh, so I get where people come from with this situation. Um, But I will say that with the Catwoman thing, I didn't think she was dead. Just because, and maybe it's from watching wrestling and it's unfortunate, or watching football. I've seen people get concussions before. And their their eyes do roll back, or they're just like all crazy, they're knocked out. And that's just how I I saw it. I was like, all right, she just got thrown against a wall really hard, and uh, so I was like, all right, she's just she's knocked out. Now the Bruce one though, the bullets come out. Like I don't know if you look if you look at the red panels where he gets shot, the bullets come through because he gets shot in the back, and they come out the front. No, so their exit. Think he's getting shot in the front. Uh, I don't know, man. Because if you're if it's an exit wound, I think the the exit part is where the blood comes out the most, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, uh, it's kind of like glass. You know how like glass when it, when you break it, it more of it goes out the other way. I think that I could be wrong here. If you're a medical personnel that knows about gunshot wounds, well, feel free also, to correct us in the also, comments. Also, it really has to do with either Mikhail Janin's art or Tom King's mm-hmm. writing. Like if he mm-hmm. tells the artist, if he tells Mikhail Janin, hey blood needs to be spewing this way like yeah that's a way you would be able to tell now the Mm -hmm. only like i when you said oh the first time you said oh he got shot in the back i tried to look at the panels where bruce was uh slamming his head against uh slamming like bane's head against the ground and like about to break his back or whatever like his like i guess uh, throne or whatever the throne of skulls or whatever i was trying to see mm-hmm. where it was compared to like where they were standing the door yeah yeah and it still doesn't make sense you can't really tell yeah so the way i see this and the way it's drawn out is the skulls are on the opposite side of the door that they walk into yeah. so the only thing you would have to question 
is how Batman was Batman holding up Bane facing the skulls. That's really all that matters, and that's a clear shot in the. But back. see, I don't think but he was would... because at the time where you see him like grabbing Bane, behind mm-hmm. him is the same wall that Catwoman got slammed into. Yeah, but I, at the same time, like they're fighting, like he tackles him, you yeah. know. So they move. You gotta, and at the same time, my the reason why I think it is is because if he was facing Thomas. I feel like he would have saw him, you know? I feel like this is blindside. Like, I'm going to break your back. Boom, boom. Two shots. That's how I read well, it. Well, I, so. I I, see it more as, like, Bruce was in the moment, like, you know, freaking fight or flight. You know, every, all of his yeah. attention was on Bane. He, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he would have noticed his dad coming in in the middle of this yeah. fight. Maybe. Um, but I would say, well, I mean... To be honest, I mean, you could be right. I mean, and and maybe they're not clear wounds, but uh, because, yeah, if you're I am looking at, I guess it's the wall. But see, I don't know. Maybe that's just Mikhail Janin's thing at that point, because it doesn't look like it's clear shots. It looks like he's shooting him from the side then like he's hitting his abs. Yeah. If we're if we're going to he has Bane's back I don't know why the hell we're talking we're describing <laughs> read this comic guys but I'm just saying like this is how you can actually get into crazy discussions about this book um we're freaking discussing if you get shot well yeah I don't know maybe the art is just not perfectly designed for yeah. that because I thought he got shot in the back I think it would make more sense if he got you shot know, in the back I, but I can't and see I where did you're say from. like this isn't like Mikhail Janin's like best art. But goddamn, mm-hmm. that last panel looks fucking beautiful. Yeah, that last panel is awesome. So, um, yeah, again, going back to the consequences thing, though, we have uh, talked about that because Tom King has done some very like crazy things in his run, where he had Bane break into the Batcave and hang all the boys, like straight up just hanging there. Uh, I asked Tom King, I was like, "Hey, are the boys dead and got brought back to life, or are they just unconscious?" He's like, "They're unconscious." And um, I was like, okay, cool. And then we saw Batman die. Um, what else? And he's done some other like crazy I'm things in sure the book Batman too. Has died twice, right? Wasn't it? No, I corrected you on that other one that you thought he died. He didn't die. It was like uh, it, it wasn't what you had thought originally. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, he didn't die and go talk to his mom like in death like sequence. Um, because I I reread that recently. Okay. Uh, but anyways, so the Superman one is the one death. And, um, yeah, so I can understand where a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he writes with no consequences. But I feel like those are the same people that get mad about, like, the Alfred stuff or stuff that he does keep permanent. They're like, why would you do that? I'm like, well, I mean, what are you going to pick? Do you want it to be permanent or do you want it not to? Uh, when it comes to superhero stuff, though, like, I actually do stretch the limits a lot. So, like, shots and stuff like this, I feel like Batman probably gets shot every day. Like, that's how I just, I feel like he's so used to it. You know, like, eh, flesh wound, like, whatever, you know? I feel like he's fought through it so much that it's it's not something that's really bothersome. And then again, you know, oh, Nightwing, he got shot. We saw that, and, like, he didn't die and stuff like that. So, I don't have too much when it comes to the craziness that Tom King does. Because I think I think it makes it a little bit more shocking, in my opinion, when it does stay permanent. And you're just like, oh, crap, because we still haven't found out about Alfred, which leads perfectly into the title of the next issue, A Tragic Discovery. You think we're actually going to get the Skeets confirmation? I think we're going to get 
Thomas Wayne telling Bruce that he killed Alfred. I think that's going to be the tragic discovery. I I think like don't get me wrong. I think that we are going to get that revelation uh, fairly soon, but I still think this story makes no sense without the explanation of Flashpoint Batman being in our current timeline. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think that is something that's going to be explained at the very end because that's what he does in his big issues. You know what I mean? He did that in Heroes in Crisis. He did that in, um, well, I mean, depending on how you wanted to read Mr. Miracle, uh, he reveals what's going on there. You know, so I think Tom King always writes in that way, like, I'm going to save the biggest mystery for the end. Unfortunately, I can already tell. That if he does do that, like his last issue is the explanation of Thomas Wayne. People are going to see that as, oh, he wanted, you know, to wait until he heard everybody's complaints and then chose those complaints and then wrote the explanation in that last issue. Yeah, they've been saying that since issue 50, though. So, like, you know what? I mean, I'm a comic fan. We're stupid people, okay? (laughs) Like, we always think we have the better idea after we've read it, and I've told this to Clay a million times, I'm somebody that is writing my own comic book, Clay is writing his own comic book, that thinking of these ideas, it's fucking hard. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to come up with all of this stuff, and then you have to think about, like, oh, can my artist even draw that? Can my artist understand what I'm doing? Like, is this going to get across? Like, it's so much easier to read something somebody spent months on creating and then being like, they should have done it this way. They should have done it that way. Try to make something. I will tell you, if you are somebody that constantly complains about artist stuff, whether that's movies, music, YouTube videos, whatever, anything you think you can do better, do it. And then let people judge it. Yeah. Like, I will say yeah. that. I'm not saying that you can't criticize or judge people, or, or you shouldn't judge people, but you can't. You can criticize work. But I would say if you're like some hard ass that thinks you're better at everything, do it yourself. And then let people criticize it and see how you feel about it after that. Because I'm pretty sure you'll be like, well, I thought it was great and I made this idea. <laughs> because that's how a majority of people get. Uh, but yeah, I, I 100% guarantee people are going to be like, this whole story fell flat, 85 issues, blah, blah, blah. When technically it doesn't end until Batcat. Yeah. So, and he's he's made that very clear. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm interested in where this is going. My biggest issue with this book like I said, was a lot of that Catwoman dialogue. I was really scared, but he saved it with one little. See, like, and th- and that's the of... thing, you know. When I read that, I immediately knew what it was because, like, I joked around with, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, not I'm married, that. so I was like, oh, that's that's yeah. Abby right there every day. Yikes! But you know, yeah, uh, you know that stuff. I, I I liked. You know, the one thing that I didn't like was the the panels right when that was happening where you know Mm -hmm. catwoman was choking him out and he are like bane already looked dead in the eyes and everything he like his eyes were like wide his mouth was open the battering was in his face looked like they were just beating on a dead body you know yeah and i get that but i mean if movies have taught me anything that's i guess that's what happens when your brains like can't breathe you know what i mean like everything's your eyes are gonna pop out of your head so, um, yeah, I, I would agree this is probably not Janin's best work because, I mean, some of the stuff he did on the wedding and the earlier issues is fucking amazing. Yes. And uh, I will say I am very annoyed of where that battering went in his chest that you pointed it out. I was like, God damn it. Yep. So, like, um, so, yeah, that was kind of annoying. But the story-wise, like, 
I, I, we mentioned this on a podcast a while back. I told you, I think the main villain here is Thomas Wayne, and this pretty much solidifies it. If uh, I don't, also, I wanted to go to the shop today. I didn't get to go buy my comics in person. Uh, but apparently, there's like a cool issue, like the cover. Like you open it up, and it's like two yeah, covers. So, like that. so if you open, if you go all the way to the top of our review copy, you're gonna see Bane, yeah. and then the second yeah. cover is thomas controlling bane or whatever so yeah, yeah there's three uh separate issues that did this kind of cover batman justice league and harley quinn uh mm-hmm. the the main cover is the one with bane by himself and yeah. then you flip it and it's actually it's actually like a clear plastic and it shows the real yeah. cover which is thomas controlling uh-huh. bane yeah, see that's awesome. So, so if you guys don't know the visual of this, you can look it up. Just look up Batman eighty two Tom King, and it is basically Flashpoint Batman being a puppet master, yeah. and that's basically what this is. So in the next three issues, we're gonna most likely get the reveal of what Thomas has been trying to do this whole time. And everybody thought that this was a Bane story, or like Bane was the one in control, when in reality it was actually Flashpoint Batman. And I've said it, like, I thought that would be kind of cool because just like I mentioned earlier that, you know, Bruce has never really beat Catwoman, he's never beat Flashpoint Batman, he's never beat his father. So, uh, you know, that would prove to be a very, like, formidable formidable opponent, as I can talk now, Um, because he's beat Bane a bunch of times, you know what I mean? So Flashpoint Batman is a new character that you would never assume to be Batman's villain, and, uh, you know, there's this father-son dynamic. I think Bruce has always lived in his father's shadow. Like, he's never going to live up to the Wayne name. And I think, I don't know if Tom King would put all of that in there, but I think sometimes in comics, that's something you have to generate yourself, just like people generated their own ideas when it came to Joker. Um, so I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed ideas and, like, concepts that make you think. It's why I love Joker so much. And I think Tom King does a lot of that. Unfortunately, when it comes to Batman, people just want, you know, punch, punch, pow, pow. I am Batman. And that is it. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like Tom King's run. But just like you mentioned, you saw exactly what, you know, Catwoman was saying when she was nagging Batman. There might be a lot of comic readers out there that don't know what that is. And they might just think it's stupid. I'm like, well, you know what? You know, it's different parts of life. Everybody reads things differently because they've experienced things differently. And Tom King is somebody that is madly in love with his wife. And he said from the get-go, this is going to be a love story. And um, you know what? That's what we get here. I don't know. I, I'm enjoying this stuff. I know it's not for everybody. But uh, it could be a billion times worse. And you can ask Clay about his Superman run. We don't talk about that. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's uh, what we got going on here. So... This should stay on track, right? From here to the end of the year, we should have a new Batman issue every From two weeks. From here on out, yes. Um, the only thing is there's a fifth week in November, so we will have that annuals week, so don't expect there to be a detective uh, or a Batman, and then it goes directly back to normal uh, with December. Yeah. Okay, that'll be that'll be very interesting to see because then at the, I feel like the same week, they probably wouldn't release anything the Christmas week, so they could just drop it that annuals week as well you know what i mean but i don't know we'll have to wait and see have all the solicits already came out uh, yeah like it'll it'll tell you yeah okay what days they come out exactly if you look at the previews okay all right 
Well, that's going to be it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Lucky number 13 in Batman News Weekly. We're uh, chugging along here, coming towards the end of the year. Batman should be starting. Rumors are this movie could start filming in December. I don't think it is, but we're getting real close. We're getting real close to actually seeing the Batman. Hopefully, we'll have some photos and stuff to talk about when this stuff starts dropping, although I feel like Matt Reeves is going to be super secretive when it comes to that kind of stuff. But uh, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us. Really appreciate it. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am your host, Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something about my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.